0: South Dakotans, welcome to the Dakota Rustler Show aiming to keep America, its citizens, and minds free. Now, here's your host, Daryl Root. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Dakota Rustler Show. Thank you, Arabelle, for that introduction. Just a quick shout out before I get started to Danheim, which is the provider of all the background music on the show. Today is an unleashed edition, which means I have scripted absolutely nothing. I am going totally ad lib. And we're just gonna take some news off of my little news feed here and make a few comments on it so i'm not my eyes are going to be down quite a bit i'm not going to be doing a whole lot of viewing you know the camera so that's that all right so let's just get started right off the bat let's get into various news stories there's not going to be any main topic today so let's just start U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen told the Internal Revenue Service on Wednesday that if the Inflation Reduction Act became law, additional IRS resources should not be used to increase audit rates on taxpayers making under 40000 a year. The legislation, which passed the Senate over the weekend with no Republican Republican support increases the IRS budget by about $80 billion over 10 years. And this makes the IRS bigger than a lot of well-known departments that have big budgets combined. So, yeah, Democrats say beefing up the IRS enforcement will increase tax collection and help pay for the $430 billion bill. Republicans have criticized the additional funding for IRS tax enforcement, saying the agency will not just focus on wealthier taxpayers, but also go after middle class families. Well, the Democrats say they want to go after the rich people, the tax cheats, and everything else. But I saw a chart that was supposedly leaked from the IRS. And guess who's going to be the victim of the most increased tax audits? Those making from $1 to $25,000. So, yes, the biggest group is going to be people making under $25,000. And they're going to be targeted for one reason. These people generally get EIN payments, earned income credit payments. You know, EIC, not EIN. But they get the earned income credit payments. And the earned income credit program is one of the most fraudulent programs that the government uses to help people out. So if you think only rich people are going to be targeted... Wrong. It's going to be people under 25,000. The next biggest group, I think, was twenty-five to 50,000. So they're going after low-class and middle-class people. They're not going after rich people. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is rich people can afford lawyers they can tie things up in court forever and they win a lot of their cases because their lawyers are just better than government lawyers because government doesn't do anything great so they're coming after you they're coming after the common person so that's one thing all right another story that was in the news New York City drivers, if you live in New York City, pay attention, could face up to $23 a day congestion charge. That's right. New York City could introduce a traffic congestion charge of up to $23 a day late next year, which a study released on Wednesday would reduce the number of cars entering Manhattan by 15 to 20%. The city wants to charge a daily variable toll for vehicles entering or remaining within the central business district defined as between 60th Street in Midtown Manhattan and Battery Park on Manhattan's southern tip. New York, which has the most congested U.S. traffic, would become the first major U.S. city to follow London, which began a similar charge in 2003. So even though we've gained our independence from Britain, New York City's looking to take on Britain-type charges, especially from London. New York lawmakers approved the plan in 2019, and it was originally projected to start in 2021, but the federal government under President Donald Trump did not take any action. It did not give a timeline for its decision, but the Metropolitan Transportation Authority said the fee could come into effect up to 10 months after approval is granted. Passenger vehicle drivers could pay $9 to $23 to enter at peak times, while overnight tolls could be as little as 5 Drivers could apply existing bridge and tunnel tolls to congestion charges. This will supposedly add $1 to $1.5 billion a year to New York City coffers and support $15 billion in debt financing for mass transit improvement. So they're trying to sell this off as a program to increase mass transit. But guess what? The environmental assessment released Wednesday found the charge would cut traffic improve air quality and make buses more reliable and increase transit use by one to two percent so you're going to pay a 23 dollar charge perhaps to increase increase transit use by one to two percent seriously i mean whenever you do a poll on something one to 2% is within the margin of error. This isn't like this is going to increase transit use by 10% or anything like that. 1% to 2%. This is about making money and nothing other than making money. It's not going to cut pollution. It's not going to cut back and, you know... The congestion of traffic not with only a one to two percent increase in transit usage so there is another story for you Uh, what else do we have here let's go to Germany as Germans ration gas as German gas rationing looms Industry begs exemptions like any other program. Everybody wants an exemption if you start granting them. Germany's network regulator, which would be in charge of gas rationing, in the event of a supply emergency, has received scores of exemption requests from across industry, reflecting fears of potential production cuts and subsequent losses. Here's an idea Germany quit. Putting sanctions on Russia, you know, take your Russian gas, enjoy it. You can still fight, you know, support Ukraine without putting sanctions on Russia. Germany is at a phase two of a three-stage emergency plan following a reduction in gas flows from Russia, its main supplier. A major problem for industry, which accounts for a quarter of the country's gas demand. Chancellor Olaf Scholz said on Tuesday, gas prices, which have soared due to uncertainty over Russian supplies, would not come down again quickly as governments around the world see the fuel as a bridge on their decarbonization path. So there's another problem we have. All these governments want to decarbonize the world. It's not going to happen. I've said it before numerous times. Renewables are never going to power the world a hundred percent they will never be more than a supplement to fossil fuels while industry and regulators are trying to work out a plan for what happens at phase three when rationing kicks in individual sectors have started to ask for leniency and some companies have begun changing work practices to reduce energy use There's an application procedure that is not foreseen, blah, blah, blah. Okay, blanket blanket exemptions are not provided in the current law. However, businesses are going to be seeking them. Big gas-consuming sectors that have raised their voices publicly are the glass industry, the steel industry, pharmaceuticals, and chemical industries, where gas is used to make everything from plastics and fertilizer... The fibers and solvents about 120 of Bnet A's staff are working on crisis prevention and management oh what else does it say here the regulator has started to collect data from Germany's largest industrial players in an effort said had drawn a very high level of participation okay that's kind of irrelevant uh everyone is now clear about how serious the situation is according to alexander Thusner of the law firm rodell and partner who has been advising clients to draw up letters for exemptions so yeah uh when it comes to the crunch private households will have some but not all not all encompassing priority over industry while hospitals, care facilities, and other public sector institutions with special needs would be the last to be disrupted. So, there you have it. If you live in Germany, expect uh, gas rationing this winter. You know, expect to have to cut way back on heat. Whether you're a business or, you know, just a private household. And as long as we continue exemptions on, or sanctions on Russia, this might not just be a germany thing this could be happening in a lot of different places so with that let's take a break for all things dakota rustler related please visit dakotarustler.org welcome back just a reminder this podcast is available on audible buzzsprout iheart google podcast spotify and telegram and the video is version is available on telegram all right if you have diabetes and you use the drugs genuvia or genumet hopefully i'm pronouncing them correctly the u.s food duggan the U.S. Food and Drug Administration said on Tuesday certain samples of citaglipin, a compound used in those drugs, were contaminated with a possible carcinogen. The agency said it would temporarily allow Merck to distribute drugs with the, containing the higher than normally acceptable amount of impurity, and it came up the name nitro nitroso stg19 is the official name for it nicknamed nttp in order to avoid a shortage so to make sure that there is not a shortage of the drug and that the price remains stable they are allowing this carcinogen to be in effect Merck said it notified authorities it had detected that some batches of the drugs contained the impurities and implemented additional quality controls to make sure its drugs will meet interim acceptable li- limits. Interim acceptable limits. Sounds kind of scary, doesn't it? They quote, we remain confident in the safety, efficacy, and quality of our citagliptin-containing medicines Unquote, according to a Merck representative, shares of Merck, which was not immediately available for comment, fell sharply before recovering. Uh, let's see. I know there's... Paragraph Here's a line I wanted to get on this. Agency scientists evaluated the risk of exposure to NTTP at interim acceptable intake levels of up to 246 nanograms per day and determined that it prevents minimal or it presents minimal additional cancer risk when compared to a lifetime exposure of 37 nanograms per day. So we've got a nanogram per day level that is, what, seven times higher than normal. Let's hope this uh, per day carcinogen level is very temporary. You know, any increase is bad, but we all know how studies go. They do studies this creates cancer this creates cancer i mean heck if you live in california everything under the sun creates cancer some of those studies you know are really terrible you know they coffee at one time was bad for you but then they found out it was like the equivalent of giving a human being 30 cups a day for like 30 years you know who drinks that much coffee so you got to be a little leery on some of these studies and these carcinogen things that create cancer So that's another story. Oh, what else do I have here? Biden signs a bill to boost U.S. chip and compete with China. As you know, I have been a huge supporter of making more semiconductor chips here in America. Although I don't like the idea of subsidies and government providing them. I'd rather see loans, if anything. I'm going to be on the fence about this. We need to build more semiconductors here in America, become less dependent on Taiwan, especially if China ever does decide to invade Taiwan and try and take over the semiconductor industry. That would just be bad for the world. So I'm all for building more semiconductor chips here in America. Uh, President Biden on Tuesday signed a landmark bill to provide $52 billion in subsidies for the U.S. semiconductor production and research and boost efforts to make the U.S. more competitive with China's science and technology efforts. According to Biden, the future is going to be made in America, calling the measure a once-in-a-generation investment in America itself biden touted investments that chip companies are making even though it remains unclear whether the u.s commerce department will write rules for reviewing grant awards and how long it will take to underwrite projects well let's hope the commerce department actually does write rules for these grants because i don't want companies that aren't even in semiconductors to be applying for grants and getting them i mean right now this set sounds like it could be a setup for a lot of big company fraud taking grant money and not doing anything with it we better have some type of review board set up and some type of after review to make sure these companies are doing so because i don't want this to be a big waste that's why i say i'm on the fence about this bill i'm all for spending more money when research for semiconductors it's a national security interest it's an economic interest you know economic security but we can't have a laissez-faire attitude towards this there need to be reviews and some type of authority to make sure this is this money is actually being spent properly some republicans joined biden on the white house lawn to attend the signing of the chips bill that was years into making in congress Chief executives of Micron, Intel, Lockheed Martin, HP, and Advanced Micro Devices attended the signing as the governors of Pennsylvania and Illinois, the mayors of Detroit, Cleveland, and Salt Lake City, and some other lawmakers. The White House said the bill's passage was Spurring new chip investments, it noted that Qualcomm on Monday agreed to buy an additional $4.2 billion in semiconductor chips from Global Foundries, New York City factory, well New York factory, not city, bringing its total commitment to $7.4 billion in purchases through 2028. The White House also touted Micron announcing $40 billion investment in memory chip manufacturing, which would boost U.S. market share from 2 to 10%. This is just for memory chips. An investment, it said, was planned with anticipated grants. So yes, the more chips we can make here, the better. Uh, is there anything else I want to cover? I see I'm getting to the end of my time. Uh, let's go with this one one more shrinking u.s cattle herds signals more pain from high beef prices or more u.s consumers grappling with soaring inflation face more pain from high beef prices as ranchers are reducing cattle herds due to drought and lofty feed costs a decision that will tighten livestock supply for years a uh, declining cattle numbers combined with stiff costs for other production expenses illustrate why a recent fall in grain prices to levels not seen in Russia since Russia's invasion of major corn and wheat exporter Ukraine may not immediately translate into lower food prices at the store. Well, yeah, if we're gonna have a cattle shortage, that's gonna mean higher prices. So maybe stock up. Feed is the largest cost component of raising a cow for beef. So lower grain prices often help to reduce meat prices. But meat companies like Tyson Foods, which reported weaker than expected earnings on Monday, must pay top dollar for animals when there are fewer to slaughter. Uh, The whole supply and demand thing. Processors are also paying more for labor, fuel, and other items. There's really a lot of distance between the price of grains and the price of those products at the meat counter. Uh, Did he say that correctly? I don't know. Anyway, let's move on. The lower price. not sure what else I want to put in here. Producers will likely liquidate even more cattle due to drought. Said Shane Miller from Tyson Foods, president of Fresh Meats, during a conference call for the quarterly results. Chief Executive Donnie King projected prices for cattle and beef will rise moving into 2023 and 2024 because it takes a while for cattle herds to be, you know, increased. Ground beef prices have already jumped 10% from last year. U.S. government data shows rising cattle costs eat into meat packers profit from higher beef prices. And of course, they don't want to pay farmers for anything. Tyson reported its beef units adjusted. Operating margins dropped 10% in April to 12% in June. So I take what this will... You know, if you're investing beef, take out of this whatever you will. Anyway, what I'm getting at is expect beef prices to remain high. They are not coming down anytime soon. So with that, I guess I'm going to call it a podcast. You know the mantra. Question authority and always be free. See you next time.